It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's a Thursday already, and it's the last day of March, the 31st today, tomorrow, 1st of April. And in a moment, we're going to be speaking with Scott O'Neill. He He's back again from Rethink Investing. And one of the questions that we're going to be looking at this morning is, should you use the equity of your home to purchase a commercial property? But first, we better have a look at the main centre forecast. And in Sydney, expecting showers with windy conditions and 22 degrees today. Melbourne, showers clearing with 21. Brisbane, partly cloudy with 29 degrees. And in Perth, expecting a high of 31 with possible showers and maybe even a storm today. Let's Talk Commercial, a podcast series with Scott O'Neill. Yes, it's time for our podcast series with our resident commercial property expert, Scott O'Neill from Rethink Investing. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Craig. Good to be back. How fast a fortnight rolls around, eh? Yeah, it does. It does. Things are going crazy. 2022, it's a very fast-moving year. Lots of ups and downs already for the world, but crazy times. And Scott, if people are going to look at purchasing a commercial property, there are many different price points based on someone's budget and what they might be looking at. And as a starting point, perhaps, Scott, we can look at what some of the price points are and some of the best deals to consider. Yes, Craig, this is one of the most common questions I get asked and it's really around what is the minimum amount? That's one of the common ones. So starting with the minimum amount you need for a good commercial property, I generally say around 200, maybe even 250 grand cash or equity. And look, you can buy properties with a lot less, but remember you put a 30% debt deposit down on a property. So once you factor in 30% deposit plus stamp duty and solicitor costs, building and pest costs and just general purchasing costs, you're probably looking around a $600,000 purchase. That is generally a capital city property. You'll be able to get into the warehousing market, small shop front type stuff. But I generally find warehouse purchases are the best bang for buck in that price point. You are dealing with a potentially a logistics or a storage related tenant, which uh, is quite good in the post-COVID or current COVID world, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, so that, that's a good option. In terms of if you're lucky enough to have a larger budget, you might decide, oh, what should I buy? If you've got, hypothetically speaking, millions of dollars to spend, sometimes it's worth spreading it around a few different properties or purchasing one. But I'll give you a real overall viewpoint of the market. So generally purchasing under a million dollars for a commercial property there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of buyers in that price point. So it's quite competitive. You might find the yields are a bit tighter because of that extra competition. From $1 to $2 million, in this market, it's quite similar, but you're starting to deal with larger tight tenancies, maybe multiple income assets, freehold versus strata. So there's obviously benefits to spending more money. Once you get over $2 million, like almost that $2 to, $2 to $10 million range, I call that almost the quiet zone of the property market. There's less competition 
syndicates generally play over $10 million. So there's, a, I guess, a lot less competition from those types of guys. But yeah, if, you can, if you're lucky enough to have a larger budget, you will be able to play in that quiet zone of the market, which is generally multi-tenant, large freehold sites, very good quality deals. So dollar for dollar, that's some of the, the best deals you'll ever find in that range. Just coming back to that lower end, you, you mentioned warehouse up and down the country at the moment. What are stocks like in that space? It's interesting. There's some pockets where they're building more of it because there's been so much capital growth. So as capital growth happens, so do builder margins because, you know, the end product will be worth more. So we're seeing certain pockets of Western Sydney, the outskirts of Melbourne. Yeah, there's more stock, but I generally like buying in infilled areas. So there's no free land. You're buying a a scarce product that way. We help our clients into many parts of Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, ACT, um, major regional centres, even Tasmania. We're, we're sort of seeing good deals everywhere at the moment, but we always like to find ones with tenants. And yeah, you just got to do the research on the stock in that specific suburb you're buying. And if you're confident it's uh, it's a tight market, which basically all of the country is tight at the moment because vacancy rates are record lows. Since COVID hit, there's more warehouse tenants than there has been in the past because online sales have boomed, et cetera. Yeah, it's a good question. You just got to look into the stock and determine if there's any risk coming up. Now, Scott, this is a question that a lot of people face and consider when buying commercial property, and that is, should people use the equity of their home to purchase a commercial property? Great question. Look, equity, for those lucky enough to own property in the last few years of Australia, probably have a lot of equity, a lot of unused resource in there. And in the past, people have gone out and refinanced that and then bought a residential investment. But the problem with doing that now is you are taking debt out of a house to buy another house. So you've got to look at it as 100% debt on the next purchase. Unfortunately, the yields in residential are at record low levels. So it's quite a negatively geared situation if you go down the residential route. But if you do this via commercial, it's actually positively geared, like well and truly positively geared. So you can actually use the income or the equity in your house to create a passive income. Quite a strong one. The more equity you've got, the larger the income is going to be. So buying a commercial property is an excellent and a super common way of actually buying slightly higher value assets because, you know, if you're lucky enough to own a property in Sydney, you might have a million dollars equity that was created in the last couple of years. And that could equate to a $2.5 million commercial purchase. That $2.5 million might clear you 180000 income minus your mortgage. So, you know, you'd probably look at about 120000 income after the mortgage, after the outgoings for doing absolutely nothing other than transferring equity from a house to a commercial property. So six-figure income created instantly, plus that asset will grow in value too. So it's a capital growth play as well. So yeah, it can be a very smart move if you know what you're doing. You know, I wonder just in terms of older owners, how they get into this negative gearing for residential and whether that mindset needs to shift. Naturally, it is happening. So this you can't retire uh, or leave your job if you're in this negatively geared situation. You're going to have to sell assets. So that's generally what people are doing. They're decoupling their investments they acquired previously and people are selling off as a result of not getting the correct products at the right or correct investments rather at the best time of their lives. So you need to be net cash flow positive to actually retire. Like if you, if you don't get this set up right, 
and you buy the wrong type of assets, the only thing you're going to be doing is selling them. And if the time's not right to sell, like right now is a good time to sell because the residential markets are quite buoyant. But um, yeah, if that changes in five years, you're still left with a negative cash flow situation in most cases. It's very important any of those looking to retire consider commercial because it will fast track your results. Yeah, so Scott, what type of structures as in trust or individual name do most people purchase when it comes to investing in commercial property? So there's a few different types of structures. Um, the most common are buying in your individual name, buying in a discretionary trust or, or even a company. I'd say about 80% of my clients, the people I, I witness doing purchases with, are buying through a discretionary trust. And then the, probably the large majority of others are, are individual names and not many in company structures. But to answer your question directly, discretionary trust is the most common by a mile. The reason for that is you can choose to allocate income to multiple beneficiaries. And that means you could save on uh, basically income tax. And because you're collecting income on these commercial properties, being able to allocate it to minimize your tax legally is a very smart way of uh, making sure that you've got more left over at the end of the day. When you buy it in a your individual name, you've only got one tax threshold to use forever. And think about it if it's a husband and a wife and maybe the the husband's still working and the wife's retired. So the wife might be on a zero income start, but the husband might be on the top tax threshold. So that year you want to allocate all the income to the wife's side of the equation or vice versa, depending on who's working and who's not. So Minimizing tax through discretionary trusts are very popular. There's also some asset protection elements and, and whatnot to do with it, but um, it, it will have, play a huge role in the long-term tax you pay. Play. So the cost of unraveling these types of structures are huge. Like you can pay double stamp duty, uh, in fact. So you don't want to have to go down the, the method of actually buying it and then realizing you've got it in the incorrect structure because if you do that, you're going to basically have to sell it to yourself, repay you know, stamp duty. And, and that's obviously a, a terrible result. So make sure you talk to your accountant day one um, because the trust versus a company versus an individual name, it'll all play a huge role in your long-term income tax. Hey, Scott, as always, a lot of great information coming through around commercial property. Enjoy the last day of March and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. You too. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.